What's up, everybody? How's it going? Hope you guys are having a great day. Thanks for tuning in to the Cook Weights Podcast. Got another awesome episode for you guys. I'm joined by a guest today, Anthony Murray. Uh, Anthony is another fellow instructor with me at Jack Shocks, but he also has a really athletic background. He transitioned from sports over to the fitness space, and he hasn't looked back since. Just the most genuine, big heart, most humble dude, and Super excited to have him on the show, so I know you guys are going to take a lot of valuable things away from this episode, so stay tuned. Let's roll intro music. guys thanks for tuning in to the cook weights podcast as always i'm your host kevin lee and thank you for joining us today got a super awesome guest for you guys today i'm so excited for this episode i got anthony murray here with me am i saying that right yeah. is it murray anthony murray all right cool all right so anthony how's it going man i am blessed man another day above ground i'm thankful to be here and um, be on the podcast and also just be able to be on earth and, and do what i love man Cool, man. Well, thanks for joining us so much. And um, so, Anthony, just uh, why don't you let the people know? Oh, actually, first, I'll let you. <laughs> so, I'm Anthony is one of the other fitness instructors at Jack's Jocks. That's where I've met Anthony. And uh, we've kind of had some conversations in passing. And I was like, man, this dude is such a cool guy. I want to get him on the podcast. So, here we are. <laughs> and so, Anthony, uh, why don't you just let the people know a little bit about uh, like where you're from, what you do, how old you are, things like that? Yes. Um, Got you. So my name is Anthony Murray, uh, born and raised here in Washington State. Uh, this is home for me. Um, you know, I've been able to travel around the, the country a little bit just because I have military parents, but um, this is home base. Um, a little bit about myself. So went to schools that were literally down the same street. Um, I ended up graduating from Bethel High School. Um, I was an athlete since you know as long as i could walk and i've dabbled in a whole bunch of sports um once i got to high school i started you know more concentration and found that football was going to be my tail all end all um very very disciplined in that had parents that pushed me and and held me accountable to be the best that i could uh while training for that and just pretty much putting my all into it i was blessed to have the opportunity after uh, finishing up graduating high school 10 top 10 percent of my class to then go on to the Air Force Preparatory Academy. While at the Air Force Preparatory Academy there, I played some football, um, learned more more insight into you know military training and just uh, being a military professional um, for the Air Force. After being at that prep school for about a year, um, I had the opportunity after graduating to go on to the actual United States Air Force Academy um, after finishing up the prep school. But my thought was, in all honesty, um, to live, to fight another day and just be thankful to see if I can go into like more of a, um, just regular school, not military school. And I found uh, Kent state university out in Kent, Ohio, and was a division one, um, football athlete playing, you know, college football out there as a running back. And, um, I got my exercise science degree while I was there, got to play against some of the best, you know, athletes in the country and get a, a four year, you know, exercise science degree, um, from Kent State University, and then keep on moving from there. All right, well, that's that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll start off by with 
um, what intrigued me about your story, Anthony, was obviously your athletic background. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know about the Air Force and all that. And that's really cool, too. But it seems like you transitioned out of that to go into Kent State in Ohio. Did you have prospects? Did like Did you aspire to go to the NFL and join the draft? I did. So as a young kid, I I would write in like journals and things you'd write for, you know, your schooling. And they'd say, what's your your dream job? That's what they used to say as a kid, your dream job. And mine was either going to be the NBA or the NFL, but I always wanted to be a professional athlete. Something about, um, you know, just being one of the most elite of the elite um, to be able to do that. So I definitely aspired that from a young age. Um, spoke it into existence, visualized it, wrote it on footballs, basketballs, this, that, and the third, um, and wanted to go as far as I could. And and I had parents that pushed me. Um, you know, I got to go and train at some of the most elite uh, facilities in the country, go to these different camps and, you know, training places and just everything, to be honest with you. And um, so after the prep school, um, going to Kent State, that was just kind of like the stepping stone. I told myself, you know, I'm, I'm going to make it to – some type of division one university. I just always told myself that. And when I went there, I was able to um, play a pretty good amount as a freshman, as a sophomore. And I was always blessed to have the ability just to play, you know, a pretty good amount, which was cool. Um, and I had the chance to play pro after my senior year, but with the body getting banged up and injuries and, you know, the luck of the draw, I was like, count your blessings, man. And, and let's make this a career to help people, you know, to do something similar. Mm, so, so you chose you chose not to pursue uh, the NFL after your senior year because of just your body breaking down a little bit and things like that. That is correct. So, I actually had my um, they call it your combine where you can go and you can test out and um, you can do like your forty yard dash and you know your bench press, your vertical jump. Um, they have your agility, you know, your pro agility, and all this different tests that you run. And my numbers weren't bad for those tests. Um, and I actually uh, generated some interest from a couple of teams. And my head coach was telling me this. He's like, you know, you don't want to go on and continue to play. Like he questioned me a couple of times, even my mom and dad, they're like, you know, this is your dream. But I just told myself, you know, after dealing with a lot at that college level, um, and I mean, like just from and not just it being strenuous on your body, but um, from an academic standpoint, you juggle a lot. You know, your mind kind of goes all over the place with it. Um, it was just I was at a spot where I felt good, and I said, "Hey, no more concussions, no more injuries, any anything else on my body, you know, not not on the football field." And I, I walked away. Oh man, well, the concussion thing, you know that that's like a really hot topic around football. But um, to talk with someone who's went through it, like, how many concussions do you think you've had in your football career? Um, in all honesty, man, I I'm at a spot where I can probably remember a good eight like about eight of them wow. while I was at Kent state alone there, there were two that were like recorded and documented. And I remember my coaches telling me going into my senior year, I actually got one. um in camp. We were in like our, our camp getting ready for the season. And uh, we were doing like a linebacker and running back drill. And I got hit um, and I fell and I rolled over just to try like the drill. The, the concept of the drill is the linebacker across from you has to stop you from crossing a line that's like three yards behind him. But you run through a gap between the two of you guys and you have to hit each other to pass that spot. And my idea was I'm running through him either way. You know, he's, I got to get it. That's the mindset. I got to, yeah. got to make it. Yeah. And so I, I ran him over, man, and I'm falling forward. But as soon as he jerked me to pull me down, like back toward the ground, I just remember hitting my head on the ground and like laying there 
and I got the first, what you know, the, the yards I was supposed to get for the drill. But I remember opening my eyes and kind of looking around, and like people were around me, like just like from that drill. And I was like, I didn't really know what was going on. I had to take a second, and then I eventually sat up and kind of popped too. But I'd have like a little bit of a headache even right as it happened, and I was just a little bit woozy. And I told you know my coach, I was like, hey, I'm gonna need you know a couple, couple seconds. Just let me relax. And uh, for the rest of that practice, I just kind of like watched and was more. Um, you know, out on the field, but not doing anything. And then later on, it was deemed that I had a concussion and I needed to really take it easy. But it was hard, man. There was a lot of things with that because, you know, you love your sport. You you genuinely love what you're doing, whether it's fitness, whether it's football, whatever it is. I go into it with my heart, man. I really bring it all. Um, so I love, you know, I love football and not being able to play during those times with injuries. Um, it was difficult. So I think that making that decision to walk away was was hard, but good. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of what intrigues me from your story is that, you know, you said that you, your parents were pushing you. You had the talent, obviously. You had the talent to to make it that far. And I feel like a lot of people who are in your position, they have that just one-track mind where it's like the prestige of the NFL, the money, the fame, and you've worked basically your whole life towards that. And then you made a conscious effort against the pressure to be like, hey, you had like you had the foresight to say, um, you know, this is not going to be my route mm-hmm. and you just had to take a different path. Now, how did, how do you think you were able to do that, to make that transition for something you were, like you said, you're so passionate about, you loved it with your life, but you made the hard decision to pivot. Like, how was that for you? I think for me, um, I won't lie to you. It was probably one of the hardest decisions that I, I made in my life. But the thought was, I I just kind of felt like when I was moving forward that I wasn't always putting myself at the base of a decision, like I would always think of, you know, what about this? And well, what about that? And what about this or that? And this or that's weren't, you know, just within something of my realm of control. It would be normally a person, you know, like maybe it was a family member or someone I was close to or other things outside of that, instead of just really putting myself at the base of that decision. So this was one of those, all right, and you have to do this for you. And then as a result of that, you're going to grow, you're going to learn from it. I, I thought about moving forward, you know, if I were to have kids, like, am I going to be able to be active in their lives? You know, um, you know, when I end up getting married one day, am I going to be able to walk down the aisle or am I going to need knee replacements after playing football, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I had to do it, had to. Hey, man, well, that's that's commendable, man, because I know that that's not an easy decision. I mean, I mean, I, I don't even know what that feels like. <laughs> I don't have the athletic ability to go that far, but um, I can totally see the struggle in that. And so, so what? So what? What path did you go post college? You said you got an exercise science degree. Yes. Um, and so, w- w- how have you kind of pivoted? And like, where are you going with that now? Uh, so it's funny that you ask. People don't know the whole story, but I left. I'll give a quick summarized, you know, version of it. But I left college, and right out of college. I end up, you know, riding home. I actually drove home. I drove from Ohio uh, back here to Washington with my um, fiance, girlfriend at the time, and we're driving across the states, and it's like this big adventure. So we did that. We finally get home, and I, I decide, you know what, I'm gonna take a little bit of time just to let my body and my mind just relax. That decision, like you were saying, it was it, it weighed on me a little bit. To where I'm like, all right, did you do the right thing? You did it. We're done. Cool. I finally got home. And after being home for about a couple months, um, I reached out to a buddy and I and he got me an easy gig to kind of a startup job, which was landscape. 
And the reason why I dove into landscape and instead of going into right into, you know, uh, collegiate, you know, college football as a coach or doing all these other things, it was just because I was like, all right, first and foremost, I just left Ohio where I built a majority of my contacts and my internship, all of the stuff out there, played my sports. That was all in Ohio. So even though I was well known out here, I still had to do a little bit of, I could say, I don't know, reintroducing who I was like to people in terms of like from a business setting, because people only saw me as, you know, football players. So now to come back and want to get a job, it was like, yes, you can have a job as a football coach, which I did as well with the landscape. So I did landscape um, at Chambers Bay Golf Course at um, University Place out in that area. I enjoyed that. I did it for a little bit of time um, while Mm -hmm. coaching football and uh while i was coaching i coached running backs and did you know their strength conditioning and agility programs and wrote that on the side because it was what i was passionate um for and i I had the knowledge to do so so i was doing that and those were like the base jobs right out of college it was it was the um landscape and then it was the coaching and i did that for a couple years and i was like all right you know i'm making decent pay the landscape was the the gig that i did for just at about like the six to eight month mark didn't even get through that the year but i was doing the coaching and the training and that coaching and training was um you know football but then doing like some training on the side and that was like the first gig you know coming out of college and then i networked from there to work um with a football academy and was doing workouts there and was still working with more um, general population, um, other clients in that setting that were coming for majority football, but also would dabble in some other sports. And then after doing the coaching and the the football academies, um, we sprinkle we sprinkle in a little bit of. Um, I was actually a paraeducator, so I worked with special needs students, and I did that in you know the school setting, and I networked that job. Um, through my father, who was a, a teacher at the time at one of the schools. And um, I also knew the principal. So I like, you know, she, she saw me walk through the hall one day and she's like, what do you do? And I said, you know, I coach, but I'm big on, I said, I'm a performance coach. I love fitness, but I'm big on just trying to help, um, you know, anybody just be the best that they can and, and, and take a positive step in doing that. And she says, have you thought about teaching? She brought me in. I worked as a paraeducator. I worked with special needs students, man, for a little over three years. And I was doing that with the training, like all the training, all this stuff. So I was always working multiple jobs. Um, but I never found the home base with like the fitness tail all end all until I'd say more at around the Orange Theory stage, which was recent, would have been within this past year. And it was after I had walked away from being a paraeducator for a pretty good amount of years. And I you know, had some great relationships and experiences there. But then I went into Orange Theory, and Orange Theory was uh, group fitness. So they're doing group fitness. That's you know your your hit. That's your you know heart rate up. Let's let's bring energy. And it was kind of where I could go in and just do what I already do naturally in terms of bringing energy and motivating and inspiring others. So I walked into that setting, um, was killing it there, loving it there. Still doing you know some training, but obviously not. Um, and any problems within my contract, but was still out networking, still out, you know, pushing the fitness thing. And then um, right after that was where Jack's jocks kind of fell into play. And that was when COVID, everything was happening. We transitioned from yeah. from Orange Theory to now Jack's jocks. Wow, man, that's uh, it's quite a 
valley of a journey that you've been through. Well, one thing that's apparent to me just from listening to you and just and seeing you in person and having conversations with you and just from your experience, it's very apparent if anyone who sees it, whoever meets you is um, you have a big heart. I can tell that, man. You have that. You want to help others. You want you genuinely are caring for the well-being of other people. And even you can see it even when you made the decision to pivot from football. It wasn't because, oh, I, I, I don't like it or I don't want to do this anymore. You kind of made the conscious effort. If I want to be there for my kids, if I want to be there for my fiance, my family. Um, I got to make a certain decision so I can be there for them. So even in that moment, you're thinking about other people. And so where did where did this kind of derive from? Have you always had this? Has there been any like uh, influences in your life that's kind of cultivated this this really, um, you know, helping and inspiring other attitude? Um, for me, I would say in all honesty, it was from my mom and dad. We So they, I get, uh, you know, I get a little bit of both from both of them. So like my dad was always the, you know, very, very um, just military mindset, uh, you know, mm-hmm. dedication, uh, make sure that, you know, um, in terms of like just knowing where you need to be disciplined, all the different things, um, you know, bring in motivation, uh, things that you would, you'd, you know, require as manly or things that you would push, you know, organizational skills, like things like that. Um, for, for my sports, that side was coming a little bit from dad. And I think he really enjoyed that because he had the sports background, my mom a little bit, but not as much as my dad. So he was just kind of like, all right, cool. You know, I'm going to teach him the, you know, how to pretty much approach these with that. Um, what would be the specific phrase I'm looking for? It was just more of like a, I guess sort of go get it mentality, man, to like really go after what you wanted, but to make sure that it wasn't just like lip service. My dad really made me live it. And yeah. to, to do that with my sports, um, that was to see that you could really um, just derive like if you derive that from yourself, you say, hey, I'm going to make that happen and you bring that to the table, that shows that you can do something. And then my mom was more of like the, all right, we're laid back. Like I would go and, you know, I'd watch movies with my mom and be relaxing, chilling, living it up, uh, you know, go out shopping, laughing with mom or um, doing those little things where that was more of like the compassionate side. So I got it from a little bit of both of them. And then I also have uh, three older brothers. So a lot of what I learned, yeah, a lot of what I learned, man, um, was also, you know, it came from them down and we saw, you know, my parents instilled that in us on how to treat people, but it was just, you know, that was just our way of life, man. We always cared for others and we respected others, you know, with with the hopes that they would respect us the same. Well, I mean, do you get a lot of tough love from your brothers when you're growing up? I mean, especially with the sports background, I'm sure you guys had a lot of battles on the field and stuff. Oh man, uh, yeah, we got we uh, we we got in a lot of fights, uh, good fights, <laughs> like like silly fights, but also some intense fights. And all of them played sports, man. So one of them played uh, basketball and football, and then the other ones were wrestlers and football and some baseball. So like I was like the you know multi-sport, like I did a little bit of everything, man. I probably did all the sports they did and some other ones that I just wanted to do from a younger age. And then after Mm -hmm. seeing, you know, what worked for them and some of what didn't work for them, it was like, you're going to be the one And my, my brothers and them, they always joke with me. They say, you know, you were dad's prodigy. Like, you know, he made (laughs) the ultimate, like none of them played division one sports. So they were like, 
you know, you were the ultimate. And I'm like, yeah, but you guys will understand, like, it was a lot of sacrifice. I didn't get yeah. to, you know, go to these camps with my friends to just hang out or go do things. You know, I wasn't, nah, I had to focus. You can always use that card on them now. Be like, ah, you wouldn't know. You, <laughs> you never went to Division One. You know, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. You <laughs> well, obviously, like this is like a we just focus around health and fitness on this account on this podcast. And you know, I think one thing a lot of people struggle with is being so distracted in today's world, especially when it comes to their fitness and their health. I feel like there's so many. Um, sources of information out there and there's there just a lot of busy lives and you know people a lot of people just make excuses to be honest and so in that kind of reality that we live in when i see you you always seem so locked in in the moment like whenever i talk with you whenever i see you whenever you're doing something you're always like oh i'm here i'm present i'm locked in for what's going on right in front of me mm-hmm. and i think that's so important for people who are trying to focus on their workouts and their nutrition and their health like how have you been able to do that? How how are you so able to just be in the moment and focus on what's in front of you? Uh, for me, it, it's all about routine. Um, and when I say routine, so like how you say some people can fall out of that routine, which is, you know, they'll, they'll see all the distractions or they'll say colder weather, whatever this, I can't do it. And they kind of just take the easier out. Ever since a young age, man, I've, you know, mom and pops, my brothers, like I told you, the, the, just the foundation of family, even, you know, fiance, everyone that's, that's pushed me to, to be who I am today. They know like my, if you want to call it my mantra, one thing that I've always um, valued and I even preach to others is I say mindset and lock in. And I don't say that like lightly, like I'll like yell that to them. And I've said that to my people at Orange Theory and, you know, my, my own clients that I, that I work with and I've been blessed to work with. Um, but I don't say that just to say that, like, I'm not like, Hey, everybody hashtag lock in. And I giggle about it and walk away. I say that because there's some days where you wake up and it's going to be harder. There's some days where you wake up and it's going to be easier. You have to make sure that no matter what you have your goal that you have to get done that day, you have your job or whatever you have to get done that day. And the the standard that was derived from me from you know my parents wasn't like a mediocre mediocre stance which I tell you you know graduating the top ten percent of my class going and graduating from a military academy going and playing at Division one university I don't take those things lightly and or that they just happened by like accident like I just was like oh showed up it happened yeah. for a lot of long people don't realize it's not eat like people think of football and sports and Air Force like oh it's just physical things been practiced but like you have to do practice on top of the all the, all the academic yeah. the rest of the students are doing. Absolutely. So that's where I, I, I fall back on those type of things now. And I'm not saying I'm perfect to where, you know, I don't have, you know, some terrible days or some stuff happens. But I've gotten myself to a point where I say, okay, before, you know, your next day, you need to make sure that you have breakfast, lunch, dinner. Have you planned for that, Ant? Because you know that you're going to have to get to work by a specific time. Are you going to make sure that you're going to be there early? And how do you prepare by being early? You make sure that your clothes are laid out the night before. Hey, have you looked over your workout in some way, shape, or facet to know the movements, to know why you're doing them, the tempo behind them, your rep count? You know, do you, like you do all these different things, and you know that if you don't do those things, you can't expect it to go perfect. Some people are like, oh, yeah, man, I can just freestyle. Yeah, but when you freestyle, the the concept or the thought of that, if you look up, I'm breaking it up into a musician's terms. Freestyling is you just 
acting on a fly and throwing things out there. And when you act on a fly, there's going to come a point in time where you can't just throw random things out there. So you have to rehearse, you have to strategize, and you have to have that mindset and that, that will deep inside yourself to say, hey, I am locked in and I'm going to execute the plan that I've already put before myself. That was what it was for um, school. That was what it was for you know football practices and all this stuff and showing up to pass a test or to do the things that we have to do. I can't go to Jack Shocks tomorrow knowing that I have two classes at 45 minutes a pop and not know what movements are going to be in them at all and to not, you know, prepare my body for that or my mind for that. So that's just the, the step. I, I say this, it's a, it's a little tidbit and I, I don't even take this lightly, but the separation is truly in the preparation and you have to believe in it. And if you aren't doing those things, then you can't be the first one to complain as to why something didn't turn out the way you truly wanted it to, you know? Yeah, well, I, I love that, man. I love what you said about the freestyling because I think a lot of people do that. They freestyle. And the thing about that is sometimes, like you said, sometimes it sticks. Sometimes it doesn't. But there will come a point where it runs out. Oh, yeah. And that means at that point when, when it does run out, you're not putting in the best work mm -hmm. um, because you're just freestyling. But what you're doing is you're making sure you're not leaving it up to chance. You're like, hey, freestyling is great. That might be for some people. But if you want to be consistent if you want it to work 100% of the time you need to prepare and put the work in every single time mm -hmm. and I love that man I love that period oh yeah yeah because I feel like a lot of people are doing that when they whether it comes to their health or fitness they like you said they're kind of freestyling they got all these kind of ideas and they'll try it like these fad diets or or fad workouts and sometimes it works you know sometimes you'll see some results and sometimes you don't and that's more in the preparation and commitment rather than the program or nutrition not working absolutely is what it's done. yeah absolutely well one thing i've noticed man in your content that you're putting out always is you're big on on mixing it up you know i see you doing a lot of workouts you're not just doing weights you're doing boxing for cardio you're doing rebar you're doing <laughs> um, yoga you're doing bands and so is there a method or, or like a reasoning for why you do so many different things? Um, so my mindset, man, has been to uh, train with longevity in mind. And when I say that, so I know that when you do something and you do it over and over and over again, um, we just talked about as long as you are making it a mission to have a plan of attack, you won't go into it and not be able to get what you obviously get what you want accomplished because you have the plan. But the kind of, uh, we can, we, we won't call it a problem, but we can call it one of the things that occurs. If you do the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, in terms of like training, one uh, thing that can occur is a plateau where you don't get your best results out from doing the same workout over, over and over and over again. And I'm not saying that, um, just doing strength, you know, strength and conditioning or strength training, um, inside my gym and doing, you know, lifting just weights, barbell and all those things. I won't accomplish goals or build the physique I want, but I've just wanted to get to a point, man, where the reason why I'm training the way I train with all of those different, you know, forms of training in mind is because I just want to be well-rounded and I want to be well-shaped to where I'm working my body in every possible way that I can and learning, you know, putting that knowledge into my brain the very best that I possibly can so that I'm just a well-rounded performance coach. I know a little bit of everything, but not to a point where I then um, compensate 
or start to break down at the base level of knowing what I should know as a coach. Like I want to make sure that I know a little bit about yoga so that I can help people become more flexible and help them with their stretching. I want to know a little bit about rebar, you know, and being able to utilize that bar with the bands because I know that it can help work total body training for your kinetic chain. I want to know about strength and conditioning because I want to be able to have people know the importance of, you know, having a load, just working resistance and be able to do that resistance training and knowing that when you break down the muscle, as long as you're fueling it back up, it will build up and it will be stronger when you're doing those little things. So it's not just for me, the one form of training, you know, while some people say, yeah, man, you know, I want to go in that weight room and I got got Arnold Schwarzenegger in mind. Like that's my guy. And, you know, supreme lifting, you know, it's, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's like physique training. You know, they, some people train for physique. I'm not saying that that is a bad thing. I actually welcome it. I clap and I'm like, great work. Some people want to be that type of um, model physique or even just athlete in the gym. And I don't look at that as a downgrade, but I've just always wanted to be well-rounded. And that's why I, I train the way I do. And because I want my body to be, you know, just the best athlete I can be now. Yeah, I think that's great. And especially about the COVID time going on, like that really helps because if you're used to just only doing weights and then once the gyms close down and everything, you know, if you don't have any, um, you know, experience or knowledge or kind of just tapped into anything else, it could it could have been tough. And it probably is tough for a lot of people right now because they don't know what to do. You know, they're kind of lost because yeah. they're whatever they do every day got taken away from them and so like you said i think it's great to kind of expand doesn't mean you got to be an expert like you said like you you don't you said you know a little bit about things here a little bit about things there mm-hmm. but so i think people need to take away is you don't have to be an expert in yoga you don't have to be an expert in resistance band training or boxing but just opening up your mind i think that's the key just open up your mind a little bit into other forms of activity rather than just only doing weightlifting or only doing one thing. I think that's so key. That's facts, bro. And the main thing too, um, you got to understand it, Kevin. So like some people, they let this fear and that fear is like, you know, I know what I know and I want to make sure, you know, maybe it is that, that barbell, maybe it's that barbell, maybe it's those dumbbells. I don't know what it is, but maybe it's, that's just what they know. And they know everything about it. You know, and they say, that's what I'm comfortable with. That's what I'm going to do because I know it. And that's where I can get my gains. Like, that's what they, they just know, you know, and there's nothing wrong with a person knowing something very, very well and wanting to do what they know. But I just don't want to be that person and let's fear from making a mistake or, you know, not being the best at something for once. Now have me feel like I can't do something because if you ever are telling yourself you can't do something, you're already crippling yourself before you give yourself a chance to apply and then learn to be able to have that other background or that other little bit of wisdom or knowledge that you can have to just, you know, help yourself be multifaceted to do a whole bunch of things, not just have, you know, one thing here to do. So, yeah. Yeah. I think like you said, uh, it's like, you know, getting out of your comfort zone. Like you said, fear, you're fear, you're fearful of something and you just shy away from it. That's kind of how I, I mean, honestly, that's how I was when the pandemic first hit. Because for me, my background, I'm just a sports and gym kind of guy. I just played a bunch of basketball and football and baseball growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my workout was just going to the gym, lifting weights. Yeah. And, you know, my form of cardio was 
walking on an incline on the treadmill for 30 minutes and if if that you know mm-hmm. and so for me that's how i lifted and worked out for the 28 years <laughs> and then when the pandemic hit i got so kind of not down on myself but i just felt like man what am i gonna do now you know yeah yeah so i decided like for the first two weeks of the pandemic for me i literally was just sitting around doing nothing just because i had no idea like no confidence no idea of what i should be doing Mm -hmm. um and then what i ended up doing is eventually i made the decision like all right you know what it's been two weeks i'm gaining some weight here it this pandemic doesn't seem like it's gonna be going away so what i did was i just went out bought some resistance bands looked up some videos on youtube um what got into doing some walking and some running and then from there you know it just kind of took off but I think what you said is so key is like you just got to open up your mind like don't be so scared right of trying something new you know yeah what's what's the what's the worst that could happen is you try and it doesn't go the best that you expect it to go like I I mean we're saying barring you obviously going and putting yourself in a position that isn't good for your body and like get really really hurt i'm saying like lifting crazy heavy weights or moving a band the way it you know obviously shouldn't go you know maybe jumping on something the way you shouldn't jump on it like if you're not doing the obvious no-nos and i mean the obvious no-nos that you're reading instructions or even just getting you know the base level of understanding whether that's i don't know online or from a book or from wherever you're learning it um you know what i mean like there's these resources that are out there that if you really did just try something, you can try it and have fun and maybe not be the best at it right off the get go, but become, you know, uh, uh, just well-rounded and do awesome at it. I mean, I mean, I've to think that you are, you know, picking up your running and kind of building shoot. I mean, you're doing the doggone thing and I'm proud of you. I see your videos. I'm like, all right, Kevin, go ahead, man, take off. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, when, when I, when I think about it, it makes me happy because not that what I'm doing, but it makes me happy that I can tell people anyone can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not special. Mm-hmm. I'm not genetically gifted. Uh, I'm not, you know, this, I'm just a normal average person that when some people think about what I'm doing, like, oh, you ran a marathon. It's like, it seems kind of out there, but I just tell them like, dude, you can also do this. Oh yeah. You can, you can. I think it just takes a little belief in people and themselves to think about getting over these obstacles. Like they can't, they don't, they limit themselves in their mind of what they can do, which is what I did for a very long time. Yeah. But once you get out of that, man, like the sky's the limit, you know? Yeah. It's difficult, man. It's, it's difficult. I, uh, I, I use, a little bit of my own personal experience. Um, so I, when I talked to you briefly, even before the pot, I was telling you the bulging disc injury for me, bro, was like, whoo, that was debilitating. And it had me just, I didn't know what I was going to do, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I was telling myself, you know, I was, I was looking up to the heavens and I said, you know, God, I don't know why you brought me to this spot, you know, after all the sports and everything, knowing that I, you know, I, couldn't and I say couldn't play in the NFL because I'd probably make my body worse to now be here with the bulging disc like now I can't coach people because I can't do like weight demonstrations like what's the problem here and after sitting with the doctor he pretty much told me you know well squatting is going to be you know off limits like moving forward like you're not going to do any more heavy squats like and I was like define heavy and he was pretty much telling me things I didn't want to hear and telling me I was going to have to just kind of move you know, not the way that I wanted to, which is full throttle, go get it. And he's saying, 
You know, it's going to be different. So I battled looking myself in the mirror for a good six months, man, almost about, you know, six months to a year of like, well, you know, this isn't, you know, this might not be, this might not be it. It was a very, very tough time. A lot of tears, a lot of just, I mean, a lot, it was a lot. And I finally made my step in that weight room and said, Hey man, we, we got to get after this thing. So, um, yeah, I understand it, man. I understand. I understand it. One thing I talked to you about a little bit off off the podcast was injuries. I've I, I've went through some injuries as well, but one thing I've come to no, realize and what I've accepted is injuries are not an excuse. And I feel like a lot of people out there, and I don't mean that in an insensitive way. I'm not saying like, uh, <laughs> oh, you you broke your foot, like get over it. You know, right, right. what I'm saying is that. A lot of people view their previous injuries as, ah, I can't do this anymore because I hurt myself back then. Or or I, I can't do this anymore because my body's broken down. But I realized from, from doing what I've been doing lately is injuries and discomfort is a good opportunity mm-hmm. to learn. Oh, yeah. To learn about yourself and about what you're doing wrong. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, can you walk me through? I mean, you had that bulging disc. And I would say, like, ever since then, maybe it was since then, but you're super big on recovery. You're super oh, yeah. big on preventing injury. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of people don't know that that's such an important part of your fitness. It's like, don't do things when you get hurt. Prevent those things. But if you do get hurt, learn from it. Like, don't be discouraged. Don't be um, down on yourself. Like, learn from it. Get better. And, like, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Um, so you hit the nail right on the head, man. Uh, we cannot let an injury cripple us or, or paralyze us to then make an excuse about not moving forward. Um, I don't, and I'm not saying that, you know, when we get hurt or when we're injured that moving forward for you. So like with the bulging disc moving forward for me at that time, wasn't going to be going in the gym and squatting, mm-hmm. you know, my max weight and being like, you can do this. Like <laughs> there's no, yeah. way you're going to do that with a bulging disc. Moving forward <laughs> for me was like, all right, aunt, this happened. Like this happened. You're experiencing this. You're feeling this. Now you need to go to your rehab sessions. While you're at these rehab sessions, what are you going to learn about the spine and see what's going on with your spine? Oh, you're having excess hip flexion because you're seated the majority of the time. And from you getting hit these certain ways, you know, have to do these exercises more to help counterbalance that. You know, have to eat this way to um, have the subcutaneous gut fat that's around your abdomen area start to disappear so that you're not putting excess strain there. You need to stretch your hamstrings more because when the hamstrings are tight, they're going to, you know, counteract that lower back and cause these problems. It, that was That's what it was for me, man. It was the humbling spot of, all right, Aunt, you did all the heavy lifting, your maxes, your top, you know, top of the top to be the top athlete that you can be or whatever. But your body's broken down now. So you're moving forward is learning how this happened. Literally learning it. Break down the body. You got your exercise science degree. What are these movements? Why is this happening? Learn it. Let's now become better from that. So that that was it for me. I I love that mindset, man. I love that mindset of you're being cognizant of what's going on and you want to learn about it. Like Like people don't realize a bulging disc. I mean, I have lower, I had lower back pain. That that felt unbearable, but people don't realize a bulging disc is like super debilitating. Oh, it's and man. for you, 
it wasn't just a matter of, oh, how can I get better? It was like, okay, how can I learn about this problem so I can get better on my own outside of rehab, outside of when this is over, how can I keep on working at this? And I think that's such a great mindset for people who are going through injuries or going through some kind of discomfort. Like, don't just think about it, learn about it, learn about what's going on, learn about the anatomy, learn about the area that's hurting. So you can kind of have have some more insight in your, your actions going forward. You have to, bro. You have to, because that becomes a part of your testimony to then inspire others. If I wouldn't have you know, I'm not some high and mighty being like you, like you said earlier, you know, we show people that they can do these things because they can. And going to Orange Theory Fitness, I was just at that spot where I was, you know, coming off of everything, changing it around. That circle was coming around, but I was at 210 pounds. That was my heaviest, like 210, 211-ish. And that was when I just wasn't making good decisions. Like I was eating like crap. I wasn't ever stretching, never did cardio. Like I was like, dang, bro, like this, how we get here. Um, But that was when my disc was hurting the worst. And I was like, oh my goodness, couldn't even sit down for longer than 15 minutes without feeling like my leg was going to sleep. I was getting nauseous where like my, I would feel that burn down the side of my leg and then I would get nauseous and feel sick. And I'm like looking for you know, ways to try to help that pain. I'm like, man, this is not good. But once I changed that, lost the 30 pounds by going more with like a vegan approach to my nutrition and just changing how I ate. I lost that weight, saw my energy go up. I tra- I changed how I trained, which was doing more of the rebar stuff, working on my flexibility, um, strengthening the entire connect chain throughout my entire body, promoting good posture. I did those things. And after doing those things, went into Orange Theory Fitness, man, and was actually taking another coach's class at the time and ran one of my fastest mile times. And it was at like 27 years of age after the bulging disc. So like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't like, yeah, it's possible, man. It is. Yeah. It is. Well, I and I, when you say the 27, like, you know, I feel like a lot, I'm 29 right now. I don't know. I'm not sure how you, how old you are. I'm 28 uh, now. Now. 28, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I uh, a lot of people around my age, they always say like, "Bro, I'm on the downhill," or like, "Oh man, I'm if I when I hit thirty, it's over. Like my body's breaking down." And you know, I kind of was in that same mindset also previously. But what I've come to realize is like, bro, like twenties, twenties is just a start. Right. Twenties is just a start. It's you know when I see people out there like. David Goggins and all these other people and cross all these people out there who are like 40, 50 years old and just killing it, you know, running ultra marathons, killing the CrossFit games and mm-hmm. doing all this stuff. I'm like, that means that twenties early twenties is, is, is nothing. Oh yeah. One of my mentors, man. Um, so Tim Manson, the gentleman that actually, uh, the creator of rebar and uh, it's kind of like poured into me and, and, you know, gave me some little tidbits here and there. Obviously, very, very busy man. Um, more, you know, cred and just love and power and respect to him. You know, if he ends up hearing this, this guy, um, I mean, he changed my life, man, just from some of the conversations and the interactions I've had with him. But Tim is like, you know, 50 plus. And if you look at Tim, Tim's got like a six pack bicep, tricep, like, and he's not like overly built, like, bodybuilder build but like 10 really good shape really good shape he's a machine the man is a machine like you know so yeah that's the aim when i'm 60 ish you know i'm trying to be 
I want to still have a six pack, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> but it's possible. People out there, don't let your age dictate what you think is possible. Facts. Like, don't think because, yeah, you're like 30 or 40 that oh, my, my physical peak is, is gone. Like, no, like you said, and people don't know what rebar training is. Um, it's, I mean, I don't actually know specifically what it is. I just know the concept. But do you want to just let them know what you mean by rebar training? So when you're having your rebar, I'd want, you know, whoever is listening to this, just envision um, you're having your a bar that's coming to an attachment with bands that are attached to the end of that bar. You know, we don't have to get into great technicality of the specific term or why it's, you know, the way it is. But just think of that bar that comes into attachment with the bands that attach to the bar that you're then attaching to your body in that bar is pretty much acting as like your um, your rod or your you know your stable surface to hold, and then with that bar that you're holding, you have your insertion points. You keep the insertion points, the insertion points of those bands facing opposite um, from the pressure of where you're trying, where you're going to push it. You're pushing it towards where the insertion points are going, but um, it's just using those resistance bands and those bars and going through you know, different exercises, different movements, different yeah. stretches. Um, and that's what it is. And, and if you guys, you know, wanted to see more, you know, you could direct them to my IG and, and definitely check it out. Yeah. But it's R rebar and it's with the three. So it's like R three yeah. B A R. And yeah, Google that. Look at it. It's, it's yeah, look it up guys. It's, it's a very interesting style of training. I've seen it. Um, I haven't tried it personally, but it's very interesting, intriguing. I'm definitely open to doing it in the future. Well, we're making but one it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down, man. And well, one thing I know I've, I've hearing from you is that you went vegan and also just changing your nutrition helped with your weight a little bit from previous and your bulging disc, actually, you said, um, yeah. what it helped with that. And so how has that transition been going to a more vegan style of nutrition? Oh man, it was, uh, I won't lie to you in the beginning. It was, uh, it was very, very hard. And I, um, you know, I actually was the person that when uh, <laughs> one of my buddies was vegan, like hardcore vegan, like just eating, mm-hmm. you know, raw vegan, just fruits and veggies. And I mean, like from the earth, rinsed it off, ate it. Um, and he is talking to me and he's like, yeah, man, this is the best style. And he was telling me that. And I looked at him and I said, no way. <laughs> and he was, he was like, no, I mean, it's the healthiest, you know, you can do it. I was like, absolutely. And I said, me? I am not giving up steak. I said, I will not give up chicken. It's what I need. I was like, it's what I know. I was like, I won't do it. And, uh, you know, so that was where I was at in the beginning. And then I watched the uh, documentary on Netflix, um, Game Changers. They have Game Changers on there. Oh, that's the one where, like, uh, they had bodybuilders who were on vegan yep. diet. Right? Yep, yep, yep. They had a couple of bodybuilders. They had a couple of uh, world-class athletes. And they just talk about the transition and, like, the lifestyle and um, after watching that, man, and a couple other ones, I was like, you watch that one, you know, they refer you to another one on, on Netflix. It just kind of gets you hooked. So I started doing a little bit of research and I was like, huh. And I said, I am still not giving up chicken. That's just where I was. I was like, I'm still not going to give up little things. So I like slowly but surely cut out little by little. So like I cut out steak. Red meat was the first. And that was surprisingly the easiest. Then I got rid of chicken. Then I slowly, you know, got rid of turkey. And now I'm at a spot where um, I eat fish uh, and egg occasionally. Uh, There's a good chance that going into this new year for 2021, I no longer eat eggs at all. And and maybe it's going to be just fish. But 
Um, yeah, man, I do fish, and then the majority uh, that goes into our fridge is is vegan based products. We don't um, do plant-based. yeah, plant yeah, plant based. We don't we don't do uh, milk, dairy. Like that's a big thing. It's and it's difficult with that transition with a. Uh, you know, I never thought I'd get here to where I'd be the person that goes out to the restaurants and the stores. And I'm like, hey, do you guys make this? And they look at me and they go, yeah, I got it. And they hand it to you and you see, you know, milk on the contents. And you're like, no, no, I don't I don't want milk. I don't want, you know, any type of meat in here. And they're like, well, yeah. got to get over it. Well, I mean, if there's, I mean, if I'm sure there's a lot of benefits for the change for yourself. But if there's one thing that you've really noticed from the, the change in nutrition, what would be one thing? One thing for me, huh? I would say my energy, like my aerobic energy. So like being able to go and take off. And like I told you, running my fastest mile time, that was the biggest thing for me. I don't think I would have been able to accomplish that had I not got my body as tight. I mean, when I ran that mile time, I was weighing in at like in the seventies, I was like 178 and I was doing, you know, orange theory classes on top of, um, some of my own exercises and rebar training at home. And my, my nutrition was really, really dialed in where I was eating a set, you know, amount of food and types of food every month. Um, since COVID things have changed a little bit, you know, I'm in the lower eighties, but I was at 178, bro. And I was cruising on that treadmill, man. I, I might've gave you a run on that on that track or if we were running the marathon man back in the oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you might be you might be faster than me on the mile man the mile the mile is a tough distance you you think like a mile is oh it's only a mile but when you're trying to run a mile PR at your fastest speed that mile feels like 10 miles oh it does and it hits you it hits you yeah well man I'm you know I'm gonna just start wrapping it up here and and um just kind of concluding everything but you know i think a lot of people who are listening one thing they if you know they're all trying to better themselves and and they're trying to get healthier and more fit you know and i think a lot of one thing i like to preach and like tell people is forget about the physical there's a lot about your mindset and i notice that's always in your in your thinking as well like where that's something i feel like we kind of really find common ground on as we focus a lot on the mindset mm-hmm. so you know what kind of piece of advice would you give for people who are trying to get into better shape or find a better nutrition plan and just get be better you know what would be one thing you would give them as advice one thing that i would tell someone is um to not be hard on yourself so don't don't tell yourself you know if you didn't get to one thing that you really really wanted to do that day you know, whether it was a PR or a certain movement or a certain exercise or whatever it might have been, don't let that deter you from being able to um, move forward with, you know, your goal of choice. So what I always tell people is I say, um, one step at a time, one day at a time. And I literally, like I say that with, I, I mean that in my being, like wholeheartedly, like it's sometimes it's going to be that one step and that one step for you may even just be drafting out the plan or maybe doing, you know, one of that exercise or maybe, you know, getting yourself to that spot. But it's, it's, it's to a place where just don't beat yourself up, have grace with yourself. Um, and when you are, you know, approaching fitness, also have grace in yourself to be able to make mistakes. You know, myself, yeah. 10 plus years in the game, Kevin, like I don't, there's still some things that I make a mistake on and that I have to go, oh, well, 
Ant, you messed up there, Ant. Well, let somebody know, and you better learn from it. Let's bounce back. So if you can do that, you will accomplish it because your determination to get it done is going to see you through, you know, down the long haul, and you're not going to beat yourself up along the way. You're going to enjoy the process. So that's what I'd let them know. Yeah, that's great, man. I think that's so key. Just moving forward. Just keep going. You know, like you said, one step in front of the other. Just even if that step is really tiny, the important thing is you took a step. You're just going forward. You're moving forward. doesn't matter the pace as long as you just keep going forward. And I, I think that's awesome, man. That's great. Absolutely. Um, well, what what's next for you, man? What 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 are your goals? What are your plans? Do you have any anything going on that you're working on? Yeah, so some of the big things. Um, I've got my rebar omegas, so they're going to be uh, the minier model of the rebar make. Um, the ones that I currently have, um, those are the ones for athletes that are athletes and or um, general population six foot or taller. So I've had ten of those type of bars, but I have two of my smaller omegas that are going to be coming in and those will be geared for uh, people six feet and under. Um, so I'm going to be utilizing those, hopefully looking to get some online training with that here soon. Um, but the thing before just pushing online content and workouts, whether it's rebar, whether it's, you know, whatever type of exercise the, the wave is, is wanting to get out there is to be able just to build up more um, credibility within myself. I want to tack on, a couple more certifications on top of my degree. Um, I want to get into a couple more of my my books that I've wanted to, uh, my essentials of strength training and conditioning. I want to just be able to have that, you know, in my mind, ready to just roll into, you know, a workout plan um, and just keep on, you know, adventuring on out, man, like using my camera more and getting out in nature. Um, yeah, all of that, man, is is what you're going to see on the horizon for me. It's, it's just, in all honesty, bettering myself. You know, bettering myself during these next um, anywhere from six months to another year where we might still be, I'm not going to say in COVID, but like in those phases where we're, you know, slowly but surely yeah. making our way out of it. Yeah, man. Well, I, I have no doubt you're going to get all those things done because I'm just, you know, from what I see, you're just a humble, awesome dude and you're driven and I got no doubt you're going to, you're going to kill it, man. So Thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Oh, I was glad. hey, I absolutely enjoyed it as well. And I'm, I'm thankful that you had me on here, man. And I'm excited to be able to, you know, moving forward, maybe sneak in a couple workouts with you and, and to get some growth in with you as well, my man. Yeah, let's do it. So where can people find you, man, uh, for your content? Um, you guys can check me out on IG. Um, so go on IG. Coach underscore A Murray. So you'll end up finding me on there. Once again, Coach underscore A Murray on Instagram. Um, on there, if you go into the link in my bio, it'll be like Insta bio and they'll have other options on there. Um, I had a YouTube channel and I'm slowly but surely going to start getting more info out onto that YouTube channel and, and more videos. Um, but yeah, you know, on IG, on Twitter, on social media, um, those are spots. Um, and yeah, that's it for now. All right, man. Well, I'll, I'll tag your, I'll put your, your, your handles in the description for the podcast too. So people can see it there, but yeah, man, this was a blast. And thank you so much, man. We'll see you next time. Likewise. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, bro.